0: Bugs-man show, Man Show, com. Paul Weldon Incident, in 1946 One of most hopeful pro- disappearances in the Bellington Triangle area is that of 19-year-old Paul Weldon. Hereby, here, he led a search for Weldon. It was reward for $5,000 of for information leading out to recovery went on to the public. Last sighting of the Bellington College student been on the long trail on 1st December 1946. It was the same stretch of road at the young disappearances, other disappearances. Numerous witnesses would call seeing the young girl, but none of them would offer any significant clues. Maybe the strangest statements came from Elwood couple who very well made the last person to see her. They were around a hundred couple of yards away, that when she came to a coma on the trail. trail they arrived at the same corner a matter of seconds later. My tiny teenager had seemingly vanished. Some claim building had secretly crossed over the American Canada border with Misty Boyfriend. If she had, it must have been a spur of a moment decision. She had taken her clothes, documentation, or any money with her. To this day she is still missing. According to Couture and others who described it, the theories as something outwornly to reside in the areas of the United States, Burnham was very much a victim of the Burnton Triangle. It is easy to see why many regard this area as a United States with caution, especially when you look at the history and listen to the tales of many long lo- 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 natives of the area. Stories of strange activity go back hundreds of years. In 1892, Escaped inmate from the asylum, Henry McDowell, seemingly vanished into thin air despite a huge research for him. The search began a relatively short time after he fled the asylum. His apprehension should have been easy. Whether his escape was successful, or was he a victim of the unknown force behind a strange disappearance remains unknown. Local tribes speak of area, being where the means meet. The folklore even tells of stone, it will swallow everything that steps in on it. But these tales, is, tales describe some kind of portal in the area. Perhaps this portal is a naturally occurring one, something we don't know yet understand. As perhaps, some of this reports, the first colonists in the area that are most intriguing have spoken of seeing no, stream, hearing strange noises covered from woodland and mountains near the settlements which often stream nasty odours and smells. The legends of Benetton, the Bennington Munster. There are many reports of Bud fightings in and around the area of Bennington Triangle. As a recently, two thousand and three report of a strange creature, with hairy from the top of its head, to the bottom feet surface. The roots of these types of sightings go back way back to the early nineteenth century. The creature that became known as the Bennington Munster. According to the legend, one rainy evening in the 1800s, a stagecoach battled its way through the Glendenshire Mountains. It said he fell the way into the road that became known as Route 9. Eventually, the storm grew so bad, the travel became impossible, and the stagecoach came to a halt. The driver decided to inspect the area around the coach as well as the houses. It then he noticed something was spooky on him. He also saw tracks in the mud. The markings were not familiar to him. He went to ask the advice of his passengers, as a small party went together outside the carriage. A terrific, a terrific bang knocked against it before any of them would gather their faults. The stagecoats were lifted from the ground and tumbled over completely over and in front of the terrified people group stood a large creature, that covered in hair and almost so eight foot tall, most chilling of all, however was the red eyes that had pierced each of them. As a monstrously turned its stare to them, it disappeared without another incident. Stories of existence, however, didn't. Benedicton Mun- Munster is one of the most discussed in folklore circles. Haunted Switzerland, Chefton Hotel Castle, Ballad, amidst medieval fortress, the shores of Lake Geneva, emphatic Chaladon, castle claims that the house, the ghost, Ag- Agamemes and Vluchijay, Fru- a duchess, a member of the house of Savoy. In 19- 2014, a team of paranormal investigators attempted to summon a spirit, playing 13th century music, hoping it would entice her out of the hiding. Only not the only notice a door doorknob, sharp drop, dropping temperatures, the elements in the room, heard footsteps on the floorboards. Above the heads in the team, did see the ghost with their own eyes. Zurich, old town. Then Dent, who runs the ghost walk at Zurich, tells the story of a man called Hans von Stoffel, who lived in Kis- Kindenbund, Fuzgasse. He came possessed with scarves and more money, more and more of them throughout his life, one on top of another. His ghost has supported many, see many times. A strange, wide fellow, shuffling about long, long narrow, wh- 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 alleyways. in twelve years of the tour, I've never seen it. But on some nights, when I tell this story, I'm wearing a scarf. I feel like, as if a extra pair of eyes is watching me from the back of the crowd, then told the locals. The tours in English take place every Friday. Gothenburg Stanatorium, Tickero, from its appearance on side near Podrula, is easy to believe this imposing building is haunted. and for decades is now a state of decay, Built in 1905, for 45 years, a five-story building with its own morgue, morgue was used to treat war wounded. When tuberculosis patients, then tocobosis patients, people reported hearing strange noises emanating from within out of strange phenomena. A crew of to Fulham, paranormal reported a huge force was given, driven his car back as he approached the sanatorium. Melden jail, modern jail, vowed it's not. Doesn't get much scuppered than drunk and dingy prison cells, and tour a town of Mullerland. according to his offering. Offers offers a Halloween tour of October twenty-eighth. I promise you to go and cover the darker side of Any other prison, ancient prison survivors, of the two-hour walk. I promise a warming bowl, in soup. Spin it, spin, spin Blaze off, Battle. This resistant building in the 16th century was reportedly been haunted for 150 years by the ghost of David Jouesse. A Dutchman was given a sanctuary in a Basel uh, as a religious refugee, led a Danish co- Dutch colony, and became very wealthy. Of his death, when he was discovered, he had actually belonged to the band Antibes sect. His body was exhumed, and the head cut off, and the ghost of the headless man accompanied two black dogs who said to roam the building medium and gladness Malay visited the spell of last year, reports that made contact with the spirit of John whose head was back on his shoulders he told me he would not leave until he's rehabilitated by well, authorities, Malay says John Gungarcy 54 Burn this medieval middle evil uh, alleyway of a burn's old town a perfectly haunting ground that rest his spirit so much so that the City offers regular spooky burn guided tours, roughly one a month in English. By far the creepiest house in Burn is situated on Act of 54, fifty four, occupied for decades, a narrow building is said to be haunted by a woman dressed in black, who sometimes appears in a window. In nineteen nineties, a team of journalists with Swiss Radio International, now Swift Info, visited a house occupied by accompanied by a psycho-psychologist. We came to the ni- for the night and camped up on the floor in steep receiving bags, expecting to feel presence of some kind, but I was quite disappointed. because I felt nothing, recalls Jenny and Zimpern, with Swiss radio and international at the time, although the evening we were ready and hoping. In fact, I, ended, uh, I ended, uh, had a really good st- and deep sleep. Anything that would have been unusual is a... F- that I kept thinking of trees. and trees were being cut down. Why? I don't know. goes is trying to tell me something. Windsor Castle, Akagoroo, dating back to the twelfth century, this castle was one of the oldest in Switzerland. The various people and low ghosts and stories linked with the castle. Most commonly told is that of the haunted bell tower. The tower said the bell is to ring out, said to ring out a full moon, even in the low one at the castle. Tunnel, Bas- Basel Land, A more modern ghost story is attached to this highway. Midway right Tunnel in the of Switzerland. Reported sightings of a haunted hitchhiker, a very pale woman, again in the 1980s. 1993, two law students obtained picked up the woman and tunnel entrance. She told him. The MCs knew well that, that something terrible was going to happen. As they were driving through the tunnel, the woman suddenly vanished. Very stoking up, the students went on to nearby hostelry. When they were counted the story of the couple that ran it, as necessary two years ago, the couple told Swiss television they were sure the reports hadn't made the sto- hadn't made the story up. However, there were been no recent reports sightings of the white woman. The Val Sutherland Hotel, Gubbenhutten, had done situated in Schalklael in Antigone Valley. The Val Sutherland was built in 1912. Taking advantage of nearby mineral springs, Posey's bar drew in tuberculosis patients from around the world. One of these patients was a Belgian. Took up residence in 1927, apparently because it came so attached. So he is now said to haunt the corridors. Hotel employees have become used to him who is rarely seen or heard around the building. Medium AMLS Malay has visited the hotel numerous occasions. is on good terms with the mischievous mis- spirit, who is also known to operate lift and open windows as a mood takes him. Could a Malay, the Belgian, had been in love with a member of staff who complained about being mistreated by the hotel managers? Now he roams the fit- hotel checking up on staff. He always t- sends a clear message to the management. So treat yourself well, I'll treat you well, Malay told the local paper. The Burma May May Highway 2 uh, an you know, Induction. One evening during the summer of 1979, Miriam and her mother, Sonia, were driving along their car along Highway 2 at the Balaman in Puerto Rico. The journey was relatively uneventful. one, lights on the other vehicles in front of them, there was a sea of red eyes, while on the side was Balaman Commercial Center. Then, however, Everything changed. It, suddenly the car a pair's surroundings altered directly and strangely everything became dark and obscure. Every, even more bizarre, everything seemed to have vanished f- from view. The car felt suddenly felt lighter, and a strange halting, humming noise now filled the air around them. A light headedness came over the two women, leaving them a strange and unsettling frame of mind. One looked quite being in control, Sonia would then even appear to go into trance-like state. She simply stared right ahead. A blue glow in, behind an intense white light suddenly got lit up the car's interior. Then before everything changed again, the car was moving. They were back on the road. A Miriam slowly came to her senses. She noticed headlights passing overhead. She was driving the car. She didn't realise she was going to do so until now. Nor could she remember having travelled her to the current location, mm-hmm. the town of Elberco. Mm-hmm. After taking a few moments to clear her mind and check her mother was uninjured, Miriam would realise that over two hours had gone by since they encountered a strange humming at Baramon. Only for them it felt a few minutes ago There's no recollection of the window of missing time. It would me several years until Miriam would finally seek humanistic regression as a way of unlocking those missing hours. When she did... Though revelations were mind binding, to say the least. She recalled how everything went dark and around her she could no longer see the road. She could, though, see a bazaar mist forming seemingly out of nowhere around the car. There was also humming sound, loud and menacing. It was part of the blue glow, filled the car's interior. It is an intense white light. Entered the car from the passage side. It, in a moment, her mother was employed, enveloped with a glow and disappeared from the vehicle. Miriam Nell, beyond scared, quickly scanned scared her surroundings through, through the window like a car above her, with a metallic grey, say, silver grey flying object. Before she could take any more detail, However, another tense white light would enter the car. This time, it wrapped around a Miriam, who would float around the roof of the car, as if she didn't it didn't exist. She glanced glance down, and she could see the car was, in fact, floating high in the sky. Air. this would explain the light feeling. Above her, a door opened to the underside of a huge craft. She was heading towards it, and the opening stood a humanoid figure. She would estimate the humanoid would be around six feet tall, with a particularly slim build and pale white complexion. The head was also somewhat oversized, although the facial features, while differing in detail, a larger human looking, obviously male. His arms though were longer than normal, so were the hands and fingers. The closer she got the humanoid at the entrance of the built craft, she could see that the skin was more of a greyish white colour. As she landed on the ship, the humanoid Voice entered her mind saying, Come on with me, don't be afraid. He would lead her to the inside of the craft, assuring her her mother was safe and unharmed. She looked around her, she noticed the walls and white was a pearly silvery colour. Suddenly, her memory seemed to jump forward. She was now in the curved passage. The tall humanoid was still there, as well as several others, shorter the creatures. They were around there, three of them, tall, three to four feet tall. Patches' ways would lead into a round chamber. She could see if something kept moving out of one of the walls. When she managed to focus, she could see the sort of seat that comes out from the wall itself. As she moved her eyes from around the room, she couldn't see any joins anywhere. It was as if the room was moulded out of current form, like a metal cave. She had seen more of the silver entities inside the room. She could also see a silver bed, a silver table, like an operating table. Next to the table was a metal tray with some strange instruments on it, including something that looks like a compass. And a voice in her head says, We're looking, going to help you. Suddenly she was on the table with smaller people seemingly, following the taller Homoid lead, conducting a variety of tests and examinations. The smaller creatures would insert very fine, long, metallic rods into various points along the body. A voice in her mind would state this was to improve her overall health. They would also tell her that these rods would take samples of the body. They didn't, however, explain why. Suddenly, one of the small entities approached her with what appeared to be clamps of some kind. They were attached to her legs. As soon as the device touched her, she'd feel intense energy enter her body and surge through her. She noticed two of the creatures manipulating controls behind a computer panel connected to the device on her legs. A voice would enter her head again. She had, it would claim, bone cancer. Procedure would cure her. After so, shortly after, she noticed one of the small creatures pick up the compass-like object and place it on her forehead, which prompted flashes to emerge from it. A whom humanoid voice appeared in her mind. It would state that the voice was a deeper known intuition. There were, according to Marion's claims, the regression part reports part of the race who witches them over couldn't the continuity. Continu- continu- of the evolution of worlds and races that inhabited them. Humanity figures would further disclose that they were others resembling those who positions of various world governments. There is an interesting claim that, won, that was run almost two decades earlier in less known accounts of Albert Cowell. Means, mother and Sonia would undergo recess regression and account was very much the same at least to begin with all I was called by Miriam, separately. From her mother, Sonia, we would call a powerful, cold, blue, white light blowing from the car. From her engine, You could see a smooth, large, smooth, large, blue metal thing. She would last, like a big plate, hovering above the vehicle. The white light would overcome her, and she would find herself floating up towards walls, rectangular opening on the underside of a huge, metallic object. Once inside, a large, little humanoid would lead her to a room with seats that was part of the wall. The next thing she knew she was lying on a table in the middle of the room. she you see how two other humanoids in there also each donned white glowing white tunics? Each was much taller than a smaller humanoid. Each appeared to be male. I each offered hydratic like faces. Despite their regression, neither of could call how they ride back to their vehicles. Their vehicle. Each of their neck memories is of coming in their senses as a car, remembering driving approaching the town of Acabello. Acobo, it's certainly an interesting account, and we accept to be genuine and accurate. We appear, appear that human is we describe or match those some new in a community called the Noricks or the Blues, for it's a veracity. For- 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 t- it's a moment where in which one was an invention. The two women lie is a powerful one. Or was the selection of random and apparent guiding race of the universe? Here's a video on YouTube called "John Martin by Puerto, 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 Puerto Rico UFOs, UFOs, Aliens and Secret Military Bases 40 years ago, all 10-year-old believed he witnessed what would be described as an air battle between UFOs Descended the which one crashing on the, uh, onto earth. It's was 9.30 and Tuesday, February 1980. He was at home in a South Australian town of Allergate. When his, two, his twin brother Robert called out for his bedroom. Phil, come and check this out. From the window, taking, looking down the valley to Stirling, about 20 minutes about, out southwest of Allendale, the two ten-year-olds saw a bright yellow object bobbing around, just above the tree line. About one k away. After a few minutes, Phil saw a second, slightly smaller object appear, emitting a red light. It would be what it describes as almost cotton-like motion. It zoomed up the yellow object, stopped, and reversed, and ended again, as if from direct action. The yellow object then took off the red objects in pursuit. They zigzagged across the sky like two blue flies, changing direction instantly, with no apparent uncertainty. In- 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 vert- vert- three- and covering distances he later the emphasised flies to be half a kilometre less than a second. Throughout the chase, which Phil says lasted several minutes, the yellow object could- would periodically provid- stop mid-flight and shake back and forth as if caught some invisible force, before fleeing inside. The evil object made any noise. Eventually the, object, the yellow object spread off and disappeared behind the hill. The red object was, had also vanished. In total, he made the entire sighting. lasted about fifteen minutes. Bob Tyndale confirmed his brother's account. Certainly there were two lights. One appeared, he chased the other. They both dipped below the eyes, and he said, this it was a very memorable thing. The same night, a local farmhand, twenty-four year old, Darrell Bowen, Bodic but, but, Branny, reported seeing a speedboat shaped yellow thing, like a half-moon crash into the streets near the house farms where he worked. His area with a brother's last saw the object. According to the newspaper reports, Mr. Branny told police he was watching the TV that night when his dogs began howling. And then, then I heard the trees smashing, he said. I looked... I locked the kids inside and went in outside with a torch. Mr. Banny shone the flashlight into the trees and saw the object, which was about 25 to 30 feet long, and not emitting a sound the light. He had called the police but the object had disappeared by the time they arrived. At the time, the police told the media that they were unexplained broken branches and no physical evidence. Mr. Banny was interviewed by investigators for the UFO Research South self- Australia. and next day, I published a report in the month's UFO Research Australia newsletter. For Phil, forty-nine, the strange sighting was nothing more than a campfire sign, but over the next 30 years or so, it wasn't until 2009, he decided to investigate further, revisiting the scene and the crash and delving deeper into the UFO topic. He believes that his sighting is unique Saying he was unable to find virtually any other reports of conflict between UFOs, he says, 100% convinced he saw extraterrestrial and not military aircraft. Over the years, I have done lots of reading and also personal investigation, contacting people one by one. There are loads of people out there who just don't report it. Don't talk about it, he said. Not everyone has fashionable, compelling sightings, often just lights in the sky, but very significant numbers of sightings, where there's just an object, and so beyond our be has to be extraterrestrial. Rob said "Is uh, probably a bit more conservative when he bothered about certain aspects of the UFO topic, but he had to guess it was that they saw all that night. I tend to, on the extraterrestrial side. Certainly in the 80s, And even these days, the fact that the objects made very quick jerky movements couldn't have happened with the technology we got, he said. Added that he said hadn't particularly affected him. It was like it wasn't like a close encounter. It was like seeing some lights in the sky, just watching, like watching a meteorite. Interestingly, UFO subject has been evangelized in the past two years since the New York Times published a bombshell article revealing assistance of Pentagon UFO study program. In a famed article, a former highest-ranking UFO pilot, pilot announced chasing a tic-tac shape across target's UFO. Phil said, Commander David Flavor's description of the object's movement resembled the one that he saw. The instant acceleration, nothing can do unless you master the force of gravity, not using any conventional propulsion. He said he says he has considered everything in terms of other people's explanations as he saw, but the movements of craft were simply possible fit using an invention of propulsion. It must be millions like me receive see things, but don't report them, he adds. In South Australia, at least, people was not alone. New fellow sightings have been reported in the States since the 20th century, but surge uh, surged during the Cold War. The most famous case was the 1988 incident with Colonel's family, who said they were driving along the moat, and Colonel playing with a large glowing object, like a large big ball, chased and lifted a car off the ground. Paul Colonel from South uh, Australian Astronomical Society said it was still common to get several dozens or hundreds of your reports a year in South Australia. Probably, for every ten cases you get, nine could be explained in mundane terms. Miss Cadell told the ABC last year, quite often people report a little silver dot in the sky and it turned out to be an aircraft. A lot of these things, are like planes, satellite planets, New searchlights sometimes it can all add to what people are reporting. The puppy in the basement. Tell me, tell me, never go in the basement. I would see what was making that noise. It just sounded like a puppy. I wanted to see the puppy, so I opened the basement door and tipped down, the, down a bit. I didn't see a puppy. And when Mummy yanked me out in the basement, and yelled at me, Mummy never yelled at me before. Made me cry, sad, and cried. And Mummy told me never to go to the basement again. She gave me a cookie. It made me feel better. So I didn't tell her that why the boy in the basement was making noises like a puppy, or why he had no hands or feet. Nunchucks. Michael for it Young had a young, uh, strange experience when a two-year-old daughter submitted. This yes. when my two were a daughter of two, I brought her twirling paper towel tubes, tied with twine and air and asked her what she was doing. She said she was practicing her nunchucks. I was very confused, there's no way of knowing what they were. I asked what she meant, and she said to Adam, had told her to make them and show her uh, her each night how to use them. She went she went on to say Adam. had told her to practise. she needed to know how to defend herself some day. Always freaked out, almost freaked out. Asked her what Adam looked like. She said he was tall, blonde, and bad blue eyes. He said, Mommy, you know how he looks. You know him. He died of a headache. I had to leave her home. room. You see, four months before we bombed, my tall, blue eyed martial arts pro boyfriend had died of brain aneurysm at the age of twenty seven. She'd never spoken to him that, that, since that day, so I'm not sure if it scared her with my reaction or if she'd completed her lessons. There's someone under the bed. Sometimes a very short story to the best. I've been tucking into the bed and he tells me, Daddy, ten for months is under my bed. I looked underneath for this moment and see, and you see him, another him, under the bed, staring back at me, quivering, whispering, Daddy, there's someone on my bed. The chair. When my sister Betsy and I were kids, our family lived in all my... Oh, right. oh, well, with a charming old farmhouse. We loved exploring in dusty corners and charming in the apple tree in the backyard. Our favourite thing was a ghost. We called her mother because she seemed so kind and nurturing. Some morning Betsy and I wake up on each of these nightstands. We find a couple that wasn't the night before. Mother left them we were worried we got it thirsty during the night. She wanted to take care of us. Around in the homes were the original furniture. Got was a wooden chair. We kept... Against the back of the hall, the living room. Whenever we were pretty awkward watching TV playing a game, Mother would inch the chair forward across the room towards us. Sometimes she'd manage to move it all the way to the center of the room. We always felt sad putting it back against the wall. Mother just wanted to be near us. Years later, long after we moved out, I found an old newspaper article from about the Newtown farmhouse original occupant, a widow. She murdered her two children by giving them a cup of poisoned milk before bed. She then she hung herself. Uncle have a photo of the farmhouse living room. The woman's hanging from a beam. Beneath her, knocked over, was the old wooden chair, placed exactly in the centre of the room. Did it just get cold in here? Was it just me? You've been listening to the Ghostman Show on Ambient Radio dot com. We present a Mark Anthony Rains. I hope you've enjoyed the show. Good night. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. 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 This is the end of this show. This tape will not self-destruct, as in Mission Impossible, or perhaps it will. So, this tape will not self-destruct in eight, nine, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one seconds. Goodbye, 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 goodbye. Postman Show, AlbionRadio.com. <laughs> Paul Weldon, incident 1946. One of most high pro interferences. Disappearances in Bellington Triangle area is that of 19 year old Paula Wilden. Hereby, here he led a search for Wilden, It was a reward for $5,000 for information leading out to recovery, went on to the public. last sighting of the Bellington College student had been on the long trail on 1st December 1946. This is the same structural road at the young disappearances, other disappearances. Numerous witnesses would call seeing the young girl, but none of them would offer. Any significant clues? Maybe the strangest statements came from Elwood. Couple who very well made the last person to see her. They were around a hundred couple of yards away, that when she came to a corner on the trail, they arrived at the same corner a matter of seconds later. My tiny teenager had seemingly vanished. Some claim that building had secretly crossed over the American-Canada border with a mystery boyfriend. If she had, it must have been a spur of the moment decision. She had taken her clothes, documentation, or any money with her. To this day, she is still missing. According to Cottrell and others who described the, the, the theories as something that suicide reside in the areas of the United States, Brendan was very much a victim of the Burnton Triangle. It is easy to see why many regard this area, the United States, with caution, especially when you look at the history and listen to the tales of many local natives of the area. Stories of strange activity go back hundreds of years. In 1892, escaped inmate from the asylum, Henry McDowell, seemingly vanished into thin air despite a huge research for him. The search began a relatively short time after he fled the asylum. His apprehension should have been easy. Whether his escape was successful, or was he a victim of the unknown force behind the strange disappearance remains? Unknown. Local tribes speak of area, being where the means meet. The folklore even tells of stone, that will swallow everything and that steps in on it. But these tales, tales describe some kind of portal in the area. Perhaps this portal is an actually occurring one, something we don't know yet Understand, understand. Perhaps... Some of this reports as first colonists in the area that are most intriguing. They've spoken of seeing no- strange hearing strange noises coming from woodland and mountains, near the settlements, which talked extreme nasty odors and smells. The legends of Bang the Benetton Munster there are many reports of blood-foot fightings in and around the area of Bennington Triangle, as a recently two thousand and three report of a strange creature, with hairy from the top of its head to the bottom feet surface. The roots of these types of sightings go back way back to the early nineteenth century. The creature that became known as the Bellington monster. According to the legend, one rainy evening in the eighteen hundreds, a stagecoach battled its way for the Glenstershire Mountains. It said he filmed way... Into the road that became known as Route Nine. Eventually, the storm grew so bad, the travel became impossible, and the stagecoach came to halt. The driver decided to inspect the area around the coach as well as the houses. It then he noticed something was spooky on them. He also saw tracks in the mud. The markings were not familiar to him. He went to ask the advice of his passengers. As a small party went to gather outside the carriage. A triff- a terrific bang knocked against it before any of them would gather their faults. The stagecoach was lifted from the ground and tumbled over completely over. And in front of the terrified people group I stood a large creature covered in hair, and almost so eight foot tall. Most chilling of all, however, was the red eyes that had pierced each of them as a monstrous he turned its stare to them. It disappeared without another incident. Stories of existence, however, didn't. Bentington Mon- Munster is one of the most discussed in folklore circles. Haunted Switzerland, Sheffern Hotel Castle, Ballad, amidst mid fortress, the shores of Lake Geneva, empathetic Chaladon, Castle claims that the house, the ghost, Agamastab Vluchajay, Fru- 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 a Duchess, a member of the House of Savoy. In 19- 2014, a team of paranormal investigators attempted to summon a spirit playing 13th century music, hoping it would entice her out of the hiding. Noticed the noticed a double not drop in temperatures, rain elements in the room, heard footsteps on the floorboards. Above their heads, the team did see the ghost with their own eyes. Zurich, old town. Then Dent, who runs the ghost walk at Zurich, tells the story of a man called Hans von Stoffel, who lived in Kis- Kinemund, Fuzgasse. He came obsessed with scarves and more money, more and more of them throughout his life, one on top of another. His ghost is supported many, seen many times. A strange, wide fellow, shuffling about long, long narrow wh- 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 alleyways. In twelve years of the tour, I've never seen it. But on some nights, when I tell this story, I'm wearing a scarf. I feel it's like, it's as if an extra pair of eyes is watching me from the back of the crowd, then told the locals. Your tours in English take place every Friday. Gutenberg Sanatorium, Tickero from its appearance on Manaside near Podrula, it's easy to believe this imposing building is haunted, abandoned for decades, is now a state of decay. Built in 1905 for 45 years, a five-storey building with its own morgue, morgue was used to treat war-wounded, When patient, then-tokobosis patients. People reported having him and noises emanating from the wind out of strange phenomena, a co to the room. Paranormal reported a huge force was given, driven his car back as he approached the sanatorium. Modern jail, modern jail. Vald, It not. Doesn't get much scoper than drunk and dingy prison cells, and tour a, a town of Murdoon, according to his offering, offers offers a Halloween tour of October twenty-eighth. I promise you to go and cover the darker side of Merlin. Any other prison, Asian prison survivors, of the 2 hour walk. I promise a warming bowl of soup, spinach. Spent by of Basel. This resistant building in the 16th century was reportedly been haunted for 150 years by the ghost of David Jouess. G- a Dutchman was given a sanctuary in Basel as uh, a religious refugee, led a Danish co- Dutch colony, who came very wealthy. Of his death, when he was discovered that he actually belonged to the band Antibes sect, his body was exhumed and the head cut off, and the ghost of the headless man. Accompanied two black dogs who said to roam the building. Medium Alexander Millet visited a spell of last year. Reports that made contact with the, the spirit of Jonas, whose head was back on his shoulders. He told me he would not leave until he's rehabilitated by authorities, Millet says. Jungungunger jo- 54 bone. This medieval the middle-eval alleyways of, uh, of Burns old town, a perfectly haunting ground, a restless spirits, so s- much so that the D- city offers regular spooky burn guided tours, roughly one a month in English. By far the creepiest house in Burn is situated at Gershaw Gershaw 54, occupied for decades, a narrow building said to be haunted by a woman dressed in black, who sometimes appears in a window. In the 1990s, a team of journalists with Swiss Radio International, now Swift Info, visited a house un- un- occupied but accompanied by a psycho psychologist. We came to the, ni- for the night and camped on the floor on the ste- receiving bags, expecting to feel presence of some kind, but I was quite disappointed because I felt nothing. Recalls Jenny and Zubbren with Swiss Radio International at the time. Although in the evening we were ready and hoping, in fact, I ended. Uh, I ended uh, had a really good s- and deep sleep. Only thing that would have been unusual is that I kept thinking of trees and trees were being cut down. Why I don't know. Later goes is trying to tell me something. Windsor Castle, Akagoroo. dating back to 12th century. This castle is one of the oldest in Switzerland. The various people and ghost and link stories linked with the castle. Most commonly told is that of a haunted bell tower. The tower said that bell is to ring out said to ring out a full moon, even in the low one at the castle. Basenten Tunnel, Bas- Basel Land, Siloton. A more modern ghost story is attached to this highway. right-of-way tunnel in the Northern Switzerland. Reported sightings of a haunted hitchhiker, a very poor woman again in the nineteen eighties. nineteen ninety three two law were obtained "'picked up the woman and tunnel entrance. "'She told him them unwell "'that something terrible was going to happen. "'As they were driving through the tunnel, "'the woman suddenly vanished. "'Very stoking up, "'the students went on to nearby hostility "'when they recounted the story of the couple that ran it. "'As necessary, two years ago, "'the couple told Swiss television "'they were sure the reports hadn't made the, st- hadn't made the story out. However, there were no recent reports sightings "'of the white woman.' The Val Sutherland Hotel, Guben had done, situated in Escalade in Antigone Valley. The Val Sutherland was built in 1912. Took advantage of the nearby mineral springs. Posey's bar drew in tuberculosis patients from around the world. One of these patients was a Belgian. Took up residence in 1927. Apparently because it came so attached, so he is now said to haunt the corridors. Hotel employees have become used to Herman, who is rarely seen or heard around the building. Medium AMLS Malay has visited the hotel on numerous occasions. is on the good terms with the mischievous spirit, who is also known to operate lift and open windows as a mood takes him. According to Malay, the Belgian had been in love with a member of the staff who complained about being mistreated by the hotel managers. Now he roams the hotel checking up on staff. He always t- sends a always sends a clear message to the management. So treat yourself well, I'll treat you well, Malay told the local paper. The Burma May Highway 2 uh, Avenue Adoption. One evening during the summer of 1979, Miriam and her mother, Sonia, were driving along their car along Highway 2 at a Balamon in Puerto Rico. The journey was relatively beautiful, unventful, one, lights on the other vehicles in front of them, there was a sea of red eyes, while on the side was Balamon Commercial Center. Then, however, Everything changed. It, suddenly the car a pair's surroundings altered directly and strangely everything became dark and obscure. Every, even more bizarre, everything seemed to have vanished f- from view. The car felt suddenly felt lighter, and a strange halting, humming this noise now filled the air around them. A light headedness came over the two women, leaving them a strange and unsettling frame of mind. One looked quite being in control. Sonia would then even appear to go into twilight state. She simply stared right ahead. A blue glow in, st- behind an intense white light suddenly got lit up the car's interior. Then before everything changed again, the car was moving. They were back on the road. and Miriam slowly came to her senses. She noticed headlights passing overhead. She was driving a car. She didn't realise she was going to do so until now. No, because she remember having travelled at to the current location, the mm-hmm. town of Elberco. Mm-hmm. After taking a few moments to clear her mind and check her mother was uninjured, Miriam would realise that over two hours had gone by since they encountered a strange humming at Baramon. Only for them it felt a few minutes ago. There's no recollection of the window of missing time. It took me several years until Miriam would finally seek humanistic regression as a way of unlocking those missing hours. When she did though revelations were mind binding, to say the least. She recalled how everything went dark and around her she could no longer see the road. She could, though, see a bazaar mist forming seemingly out of nowhere around the car. There was also humming sound, loud and menacing. It was part of the blue glow, filled the car's interior. It's an intense white light entered the car from the passage side, it, in a moment, her mother was employed, enveloped with a still glow and disappeared from the vehicle. Miriam beyond scared, quickly scanned her surroundings through, through the window like a car above her, with a metallic grey, say, silver grey flying object. Before she could take any more detail, however, another tense white light would enter the car. This time it wrapped around the Miriam, who would float around the roof of the car as if she didn't, it didn't exist. She glanced down; and she could see the car was in fact floating high in the sky. Air. This would explain the light feeling above her. A door opened to the underside of a huge craft. She was heading towards it. In the opening stood a humanoid figure. She would estimate the humanoid would be around six feet tall, with a particularly slim build and pale white complexion. The head was also somewhat oversized. Hello of facial features, while differing in detail, a larger human looking, obviously male. His arms though were longer than normal, so were the hands and fingers. The closer she got the humanoid at the entrance of the built craft, she could see the the skin was more of a greyish white colour. As she landed on the ship, the humanoid voice entered her mind, saying, Come on with me, don't be afraid. He would lead her to inside the craft, assuring her her mother is safe and unharmed. She looked around her. She noticed the walls and white way was of pearly, silvery color. Suddenly, a memory seemed to jump forward. She was now in the curved passage. The tall humanoid was still there, as well as several others, shorter of the creatures. They were around there, three of them, tall, three to four feet tall. The passage would lead into a round chamber. She could see if something kept moving out of one of the walls. When she managed to focus, she could see the sort of seat that comes out from the wall itself. As she moved her eyes from around the room, she couldn't see any joins, anywhere. It was as if the room was moulded out of current form, like a metal cave. She could see more of the silver entities inside the room. She used to see a silver bed, a silver table, like an operating table. Next to the table was a metal tray with some strange instruments on it including something that looks like a compass. And a voice in her head says, We're looking, going to help you. Suddenly she was on the table with smaller people seemingly, following the taller Homoid lead, conducting a variety of tests and examinations. The smaller creatures would insert very fine, long, metallic rods into various points along the body. A voice in her mind would state this was to improve her overall health. They would also tell her that these rods... Would take samples of the body they didn't have a explain why suddenly one of the small entities approached her with what appeared to be clamps of some kind. They would attached to her legs as soon as the device touched her. She feel intense energy enter her body and surge through her. She noticed too the creatures manipulating controls behind a computer panelning connected to the device on her legs. A voice would enter her head again she had it would claim bone cancer. the procedure would cure her After so shortly after she noticed one of the small creatures pick up the compass of ob- object. They place it on the forehead which had prompted flashes to emerge from it. A tall humanoid voice appeared in her mind. It would state that the voice was a deeper known to intuition. Inter- there were, according to Marion's claims, regression part report. Part of the race who witches them over couldn't of the evolution of worlds and races that inhabited them. Humanite figures would further disclose that they were others resembling those who positions of various world governments. There is an interesting claim that one that was run almost two decades earlier in less known accounts of Albert Cowell. means mother and Sonia would undergo recess regression and account was very much the same, at least to begin with. I so, was recalled by Miriam, separately, from her mother, Sonia, we call a powerful, cold, blue, white light blowing from the car. From her engine, You could see a smooth, large, smooth, large, bluish metal thing. She would last, like a big plate, hovering above the vehicle. The white light would overcome her, and she would find herself floating up at wall's rectangular opening on the underside of a huge metallic object. Once inside a large, little humanoid, leader lead her to a room with seats that was part of the wall. The next thing she knew, she was lying on a table in the middle of the room. she see how two other humanoids in there also, each donned white-glowing white tunics. Each was much taller than a smaller humanoid. Each appeared to be male. I each offered an like faces. Despite the regression, neither one could call or how they ride back to their vehicles. Their vehicle. Each of them neck memories is of coming their senses as a car with memory driving approaching the town of Acabello it's certainly an interesting account and we accept to be genuine and accurate we appear, appear that human is described or match those some new unit a fellow community called the Noricks or the Blues assuming it's a authenticity it's a moment when which one was an invention the two men lives a powerful one or was the selection of random and apparent guiding race of the universe? Here's a video on YouTube called "John Martin, Puerto, 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 Puerto Rico, UFOs, U.S.Os, Aliens, and Secret Military Bases. Forty years ago, all Tendrell believed he witnessed what would be described as an air battle between UFOs descended to which one crashing on the, uh, onto earth. It's was 9.30 Tuesday, February 1980. He was at home in a South Australian town of Addergate, when his, two, his twin brother, Robert, called out for his bedroom. Phil, come and check this out. From the window, taking, looking down the valley to Stirling, about 20 minutes about, out southwest of Allendale, the two ten-year-olds saw the bright yellow object bobbing around, just above the tree line. About one k away. After a few minutes, Phil saw a second, slightly smaller object appear, emitting a red light. It would be what it describes as almost cotton-like motion. I zoomed up the yellow object, stopped, and reversed, and ended again, as if prompted direct action. The yellow object then took off with the red objects in pursuit. They zigzagged across the sky like two blue flies, changing direction instantly with no apparent insertion in invert, and covering distances he later later emphasized flies to be half a kilometre less than a second. Throughout the chase, which Phil like it says lasted several minutes, the yellow object could- would probably stop mid-flight and shake back and forth as if caught some invisible force before fleeing inside. Neither object made any noise, eventually the object the yellow object sped off and disappeared behind the hill. The red object was had also vanished. In total he made the entire sighting lasted about fifteen minutes. Bob Tyndale confirmed his brother's account. Certainly there were two lights one appeared, he chased the other. They both dipped below the horizon, he said. Yes, it was a very memorable thing. The same night, a local farmhand, 24-year-old down Bowen, but, but Branny, reported seeing a speedboat-shaped, yellow thing like a half moon crash into the trees near the house farms where he worked. In that area, where the brothers last saw the object, according to the newspaper reports, Mr. Branny told police he was watching the TV at night when his dogs began howling, and then then I heard a tree smashing. He said, "I looked." locked the kids inside and went outside with a torch. Mr. Branny shone the flashlight into the trees and saw the object, which was about 25 to 30 feet long, and not emitting a sound or light. He had called the police but the object had disappeared by the time they arrived. At the time, the police told the media that they were unexplained broken branches and no physical evidence. Mr. Branny was interviewed by investigators for the UFO Research South Australia, and next day, I published a report in the month's UFO Research Australia newsletter. For Phil, 49, the strange sighting was nothing more than a campfire sign But over the next 30 years or so. It was until 2009 he decided to investigate further, revisiting the scene and the crash and delving deeper into the UFO topic. He believes that his sighting is unique. As saying he was unable to find virtually any other reports of conflict between UFOs, he says a hundred percent convinced he saw extraterrestrial and not military aircraft. Over the years I have done lots of reading and also personal investigation contacting people one by one. There are loads of people out there who just don't report it. Don't talk about it, he said. Not everyone has, has fashionable, compelling sightings, often just lights in the sky, but very significant numbers of sightings, where there's just an object and so beyond our be has to be extraterrestrial. Rob said he was, uh, probably a bit more conservative when he bothered about certain aspects of UFO topic, but he had to guess it was that they saw all that night. I tend to, on the extraterrestrial side. Certainly in the 80s, and even these days, the fact that the objects made very quick jerky movements couldn't have happened with the technology we got, he said. I added that uh, it hadn't particularly affected him. It, was like a, it wasn't like it was like a close encounter. It was like seeing some lights in the sky, just watching, like watching a meteorite. Interesting, the UFO subject has been every in the past two years since the New York Times published a bombshell article revealing the assistance of Pentagon UFO study program. In a fame article, a former highest-ranking UFO pilot, pilot announced chasing a tic-tac shape across target's UFO. Phil said, Commander David Flavor's description of the object's movement resembled the one that he saw. The instant acceleration, nothing can do unless you master the force of gravity, not using any conventional propulsion. He said, he says he has considered everything in terms of other people's explanations as he saw, but the movements of craft were simply impossible fit using an agro propulsion. It must be millions like me. See things, but don't report them, he adds. In South Australia, at least, Phil was not alone. New sightings have been reported in the States since the 20th century, but they surge uh, ju- surged during the Cold War. The most famous case is the 1988 incident with Colonel's family, who said they were driving along the moat, Colonel was playing with a large, glowing object, like a large, big ball, chased and lifted their car off the ground. Paul Colonel from South uh, Australia Astronomical Society said it was still common to get several dozen or hundreds of your reports a year in South Australia. Probably for every ten cases you get, nine could be explained in mundane terms, Miss Cadell told the ABC last year. Quite often people report a little silver dot in the sky, and it turned out to be an aircraft. A lot of these things, are like planes, satellites, You searchlights sometimes can all add to what people are reporting. The Puppy in the Basement Mummy tell me never to go in the basement. I would see what was making that noise. It just sounded like a puppy. I wanted to see the puppy. So I opened the basement door and tipped down down a bit. I didn't see a puppy. And then Mummy yanked me out of the basement and yelled at me. Mummy never yelled at me before, made me cry, sad and cried. Then Mummy told me never to go to the basement again. She gave me a cookie. It made me feel better. So I didn't tell her that why the boy in the basement was making noises like a puppy, or why he had no hands or feet. Nantucks. Michael, for a young, had a young, uh, strange experience when a two-year-old daughter submitted... Yes, when my two was a daughter two, I brought her twirling paper towel tubes tied with twine and air and asked her what she was doing. She said she was practicing the nunchucks. I was very confused, there's no way of knowing what they were. I asked what she meant and she said to her Adam, I told her to make them and show her each uh, her night how to use them. She went on to say, Adam, I told her to practice because she needed to know how to defend herself day. Always freaked out, almost freaked out. But asked her what Adam looked like. She said he was tall, blonde and had blue eyes, he said. Mummy, you know how he looks, you know him. He died of a headache. I had to leave room. home. You see, four months before we got my tall, blue-eyed martial arts pro-boyfriend, I died of a brain- at the age of 27. She'd never spoken to him that, that, since that day, so I'm not sure if it scared her with my reaction or if she'd completed her Lessons There's someone under the bed. Sometimes a very short stories to the best. I've been tucking into the bed, and he tells me, Daddy, take for a month is under my bed. I looked underneath for this moment, and, and you see him, another him, under the bed, staring back at me, quivering, whispering, Daddy, there's someone on my bed. The chair. When my sister, Betsy, and I were kids, our family lived in all my, Oh, wait, oh, right. oh, well, with a charming old farmhouse. We loved exploring in dusty corners and chiming with the apple tree in the backyard. Our favourite thing was a ghost. We called her mother because she seemed so kind and nurturing. Some morning Betsy and I wake up on each of these nightstands. We found a couple that wasn't the night before. Mother left them we were worried we got it thirsty during the night. She wanted to take care of us. Around the homes the original furniture was a wooden chair. We kept against the back of the hall the living room. Whenever we were pretty awkward watching TV playing a game, Mother would inch the chair forward across the room towards us. Sometimes she managed to move it all away to the central room. We always felt sad putting it back against the wall. Mother just wanted to be near us. Years later, long after we moved out, I found an old newspaper article from about the news at Palm House, Original Occupant. A widow, she murdered her two children by giving them a cup of poisoned milk before bed. She, then she hung herself. Michael created a photo of the farmhouse living room. The woman's hanging from a beam. Beneath her, knocked over, was the old wooden chair, placed exactly in the centre of the room. Did it just get cold in here? Was it just me? You've been listening to The Ghost Man Show on Radio. com. with your presenter, Mark Anthony Raines. I hope you've enjoyed the show. Good night. Thank you for listening. Goodbye, 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 goodbye. goodbye. This is the end of this show. This tape will not self destruct. as if mission impossible? Or perhaps it will. So, this tape will not self destruct in 897654321 seconds. Goodbye! Goodbye, 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 goodbye! The Ghost Man Show on AlbionRadio.com The Mysterious Night Demons of Tasmania. Very strange feature of the paranormal. In Africa, originates in the Isles of Zambia, acapello, a semi autonomous region in Tanzania. There is said to prowl a shape shifting demonic entity. Locals call the Popo Bara, a so word that she translates as backwing. A creature said to be able to take both human animal forms, as well as more marriage and surreal forms. One of its favourite manufactures seems to be that of a large bat, that in with pointed ears, a single eye in the centre of its head, and a full talons in its fingers. Its presence is said to be heralded of an intense superfluous odour. These are the creatures that stalk the night, the feed-off for of the unspecting, and which have kept the people of rural Tasmania, held in the grip of fear. A Pobobora is said to be decidedly malevolent in Antony, it revels in tormenting human beings, in particular, swiftly targeting those who don't believe it, in it. If one is lucky, it, it will merely manifest protocols like phenomena, but it is just as likely to physically attack its victims of breathless violence, with one of its favourite tactics being to sit upon them, the person's chest to slightly crush suffocate them. Perhaps even more menacing still is that this form of demon is said to be, in many ways, like an incubus or succubus being of sexual energy that derives from vaping its victims, usually solemnising men, but sometimes targeting women as well. many tales, the demon is supposed encourage its victims to tell others of what they have experienced, fanning panic and possible feeding into the fear that it generates. The demon typically is said to have got about its dark deeds at night, coming to people as they sleep and are helpless. The precise origins of these entities is unclear, but a popular idea is that they were dingy, conjured up by a sheikh to wreak havoc on those who wronged or offended him, after which he lost control, there came a freedom run amok. Other ideas are the ghosts of former slaves during the days of Zambia's promise as an Arabian slave trading port, or they were whipped. They are witches, warlocks, or even evil, evil spirits. Whatever they are, it certainly all sounds like they the most surely be spooky folklore. But the region where these demons are said to prowl, they are thought to be very real, and numerous accounts of scared locals are for them. One of the most famous modern cases of an incident revolving Apopo Suppose supposedly occurred in 1971 when a village girl was allegedly attacked. And possessed by one of the entities. The girl was reported to, uh, speaking in a gruff, deep male voice, as well as using the smell of sulfur and causing the sound like a car, revving to emulate from the rooftops. The villagers insisted it was going, it was the doing of Papa Walt Boa, and it apparently took a powerful shaman, a goat sacrifice, to cast it out. And around at the same time, there's a spate of sightings of the creature lurking around the back, reports of. Uh, attacks, causing a mass hysteria at the time, during which people were afraid to leave their homes and armed men kept sentry outside of the houses and patrolled the streets at night. Interestingly this mass panic continued up until the assassination of Zambia President in 1972, after which the demon encounters dropped off. Sightings attacked by alleged demons tend to come in waves and though always being mass and always bring this hysteria with them. After the 1970s, another such panic happened in 1995, when terrified villagers on the island of Ugore claimed that one of the creatures terrorised him, often appearing as a naked humanoid, with a tail carrying a jaw of medicine. It's thought to be entering houses to attack locals' hospitals, Emitting numerous people, broken bones and other injuries were attributed to the beast. hysteria got so bad that the murdering mob of our men claimed to have, been, have attacked and stabbed the demon, but it was it had escaped a continuous rampage. Technically meant a young man was allegedly killed by a mob who was after after f- by a mob after fingers were pointed. Him for being a culprit. One well, popular victim of a demon, this time, it was a local farmer named Mescalone uh, Hamed, who explains of his encounter. I could feel it sometimes pressing on me. I couldn't imagine what sort of thing had happened to me. As I feel it, I feel as if you're screaming with no voice. It's just like a dream. But I, then I was thinking it was this Papa Baba. he come to do something terrible to me, something spiritual. Sexual is a worse at uh, what he does to a woman. I don't believe in spirits, so, so maybe that's why it attacked me. Maybe it will attack some uh, anyone who does not doesn't believe. Oddly, like the nineteen seventies, mass panic. Nineteen ninety five incident incident cor- quiet political turmoil didn't been doing a further fiercely contested election in Zambia at the time. Continuous elections and resulting in civil rights riots, 2000 and 2001 also ground zero for UFO sightings. However, this was not always the case. Of major as a major panic also happened in 2007, when the secret men of the, in the dust that Tasaliam, on the west the mainland coast of Tanzania, began telling of the help being ruthlessly summarised in his sleep by Anthony forcing them to sleep in groups, uncover themselves in big oil, which they bleed warded it off, it off. At a time there is no election to progress. What are we dealing with here? This is something of a genuine supernatural phenomenon. Or is it something else? The fact that many ways upon boara accounts occur during elections has caused. Some to suggest a myth may be used as a political tool and to sow unrest among the superstitious populace. This is not an ideal, it, it's just a legend, a sort of gotten out of hand, and could also be just a manifestation of sleeping polaris, also known as old hag syndrome, in which people is caught between walking and dreaming state and has hallucinations, quite often including chest shadow figures and senses of something sitting upon their chest. Yet, many of the locals in the area where Hapo was found, insists that these demons are not re- very real, not just myths and stories. However, they may well, be, whatever they may be, supernatural analyses are merely dead strings of superstition. Your reimagination imagination of f- f- fear they generate, even in the modern times, is very real. A terror of pod- 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 lives on. <laughs> Horrors are often mentioned, especially in relation to paranormal, but rarely do we see a good explanation? Explaining what they are who people said to have good or bad auras or, 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 or auras reflecting certain emotions. Image, but how can you see how can those who cannot cannot see an aura is see an aura is a subtle light surrounding a person odd example may may be familiar with its halo of religious art. The aura is often used in of religious art to identify person or people with a particular power or holiness. And interestingly, the aura is depicted of religious art in almost all religions and examples can even be seen of historic pent- pentaglyphs. Religion aside, many believers... Uh, every object living has not had an aurora. Whether it is visible or to the others or may depend on innate ability to whether the person seeing it has some particular training in seeing auras. Auras are said to be range from a simple glow to the objects as the more complex interplay of colours surrounding a human. There can be layers of auras, each of their own colours. Some, associate treat the colours with various personality traits, or even expression of persons' emotions. Of course, as many are, as everything else, sceptics abound. Many suggest uh, many of you will see auras due my, my brains. Epilepsy, sympathia, nucleological decision, where those stimulating one sense, leads to the experience of another sense. Such so as people who experience colours of sounds, visual disorders, brain disorders, eye fatigue, and the influence of psychedelic drugs such as LSD. But regardless of what skeptics think, people have seen horrors throughout history, regardless of the time period of the culture, particularly in religious context. The Middle East horrors have been traditionally been associated with enlightenment. In The, the prophet Zilkaster, who founded a in, in ancient Iran 3,500 years ago, his head has been shone with the Kura, Aura, in Islam, the prophet Mohammed. is depicted with Aura, Aura, through images of fume. Aura is seen it depicted in Eastern religions. In Buddhism, the enlightened Buddha is something it's sometimes shown the colours around him to demonstrate his enlightenment. Both Hinduism and Buddhism, a person's Aura colours are often linked with eternal energy and the chakras. In Islam, Dainism, it is a that the soul reflects the colours of the Carmenic manner it associates with. Each person's colour varies depending on the states of mental activities behind an action. A halo of light is often a feature of the Christian art. Through the world oh, aura is often used to describe several times. Examples: Acts 1 and 14 gives this account oh, that look that took during the Feast of Pentecost, and suddenly there came a sound from the heavens of a rushing wind. It filled all the house while they were sitting, and they appeared into the, their cloven tongues like as fire, and they sat upon each of them. Mystics and cultists have long made always part of their teachings. In general, and maintain that it aura is an energy field that surrounds the human body and generally divide into seven layers and complex interplay of seven colours. The first colour is called, commonly called layer of every layer. It is usually associated with a person's health. The other, next layer is the spiritual layer, indicates a person's thoughts and emotions. But bear in mind this is just a generalisation and appears to rely on each individual viewer to interpret. Interpretation is abundant, as cites acclaim claim to help you see auras by filming various exercises. There are various devices that can be found, such as Cullin Photography, which uses high voltage, high frequency, low amperage, electrical fields to capture images on a film that claim, claim to be uh, indicate auras. And on eBay and Amazon, Aura Glasses have been purchased, are based supposedly on the work of Dr. Walter J. Kellner. He discovered an apparent human filter aura that could be viewed when using the filter that made ultraviolet light visible. Last, last not least, your iP- apps from iPhone and Android phones that claim to make the is visible, all these claims could be viewed solely for entertainment. As a friend of mine once said, if someone in the internet tells you it's raining, you better stick your hand at the window and see if it, get, if it gets wet. In short, the perception perception noise is not a recent development. Received and re- Described for history all over the world. While well, the meanings associated with auras may lie simply, most of us agree that auras consist of several layers. Each of them can be different colour. Colours reflect mental and emotional states of personal traits. It's also sometimes seen as a enlightenment of spiritual development. Spooky podcast to listen to. Spirits. About a boozy weekend weekly podcast about mythology legends folklores hear fresh takes on classic myths and learn new stories from around the world served over ice over ice of two tipsy heroes three Greeks podcast dot com booze and spirits and Bel- ball Bel- yes, talk Haunted happenings with drunken twists. Find them wherever that you listen to the podcast. A paranormal podcast where two goals tote haunts while sipping cocktails. Booze and Spirit po- Podcast. Spirit Guides Radio. Spirit Guides Magazine is your source for inspired learning, development, and connection. Self love. Our mission makes spiritual charity accessible to soul searchers who want to deepen their spiritual practice and can't do match for all souls. Whether you're a pilgrim of soul or a wildly love or both, we are there divinely attuned to a compass. com. High Spirit Chicago High Spirit Chicago is a podcast dedicated to talking about all things ghosts. Host of Chicago's very own Nicolette Smith and Jay Sigerman. SoundCloud Dot com. Spirit Radio, The Paranormal Experience, join our, our host, Willie Hansel, Lorraine Nicholson, for weekly radio hosts covering show covering all uh, subjects of the paranormal world, which weekly guests from around the world, ghosts, spirits, UFOs, and encounters, Bigfoot, this is a show where the paranormal comes the normal, To so join us on a journey to the unknown, unseen and the unthinkable, Paranormal. Streamlive.co Spirit Sisters: Conversation about spiritual, paranormal experiences, hosted by Karina MacSedo. Authors: Spirit Sisters is a non-fiction collection of Australian women's true-life book experience. It's moving, thought roguing for and chilling. Spirit Sisters: The Podcast, Pod B. The Haunted Ride: A podcast to help you embrace all the paranormal, spiritual things that might happen throughout. This journey we call life. The Mo host shares her experience of ghosts, demons, angels, hauntings, possessions, attachments, aliens, and cryptids, as well as what it's like to be a psychic, medium, empath, intuitive. How to listen to messages from the universe. The Big Secrets podcast. Patrick Keller of Big Secrets he invites you to join an open discussion on all things paranormal. But specifically, topics like ghosts, hauntings, paranormal research, spirit communication, psychics and mediums, and life after death. A candle's around you lit. So come in and join the seance. BigSeancePodcast.com. On the Odd Paranormal Interview Podcast Show. Hosted by my stage and new guests in each episode we talk about their haunting experiences of ghosts and the spirit world. Join Mark as he takes a serious non-judgmental approaching and most intriguing conversations with experts globally. Toys about composite are the areas of paranormal, supernatural, demonic, spiritual investigation, haunted houses, possessions, spiritual people and explained and more. com A funny feeling. Comedians of paranormal enthusiasts Betsy Sodaro and Messia Geraro invite their, com- their comedy friends the Celebrity Ghosts to tell their true paranormal experiences and hear spooky tale stories submitted by listeners. Headgum.com. That's a spirit. A ghost enthusiast. Stephanie Robbin. Of scary movies, shares, and talks about spirits. Join him Ghostly Good Time by hearing the podcast. SoundCloud.com. Castle of the Spirits Audio Ghost Stories. Audio Ghost and Spirit Stories about the renowned paranormal website. Tune in to hear and experience a ghostly good time for yourself. Castle of Spirits. com Supernatural Girls, where the paranormal is normal. The guests, guests include. Worldwide, interviewed by paranormal experts, supernatural girls, Patricia Baker and her co hosts, guests from the world and others. BlogTalkRadio.com. Life's treasures and golden moments. The sharing of true stories of a miracle inspiration, the life to lift a human spirit inspire, and inspire the motivation, pos- pos- positive action, and life's journey. We are delighted that we have take, chosen to take make us part of your our journey. Miracleslesbian.com Sometimes, cold London, the heritage of uh, un, highly unusual, is the latest cinematic project. The Herb Elster's Association, a woody pub is going to just about everything can be plotted from close London to Uncle London. This new fold-out map points out 59 sites of historic interest across the capital. La is the love from the first text we find upon opening the weird package. It's not a reference to ninth, ninth busy first song ever written by John Squire, but rather catchphrase of Alexa Crowley. Crowley means, of course, the towering figure of Gold London. His wide-eyed lightness glares out from the centre of the map. He's one of in one of his silly hats and pops it all over the town like a demon on an oyster card. All the sights you expect of the gold London map of the here, from the Atlantis Bookshop to the Messonetic Temple on London Street to the castles of Nicholas Helpsmore. You learn a lot too. Greenwich Park, we read, is a home of water, water fountain built by members of ancient Stone Circle. The world's end pub is Cinnamon. Camden is built on a land once owned by Wick. Whose husband met the grisly end in the oven? and Cross Road at Wingwell was home to Gerald Gardner, who played his part in the war Staged by effort by staging a musical, Magical Assault on the Mind of Alfred Hitler in 1914. The map details of 12th century history, but is banged up to date by the inclusion of such gems as Welcome Collection and Victor Weird will Ed museum coverances. It's everything you need. It's for all London's mystical, magical, outworldly sight. Just don't expect to find Harry Potter. A cult Londoner. A guide to unusual, highly unusual. He's out there for the Herb Lester price £12. Signed by Brian Burrough, Written by Kate Hodges. And insert of magical tools by Tree Car. The story of Helen Duncan, who was jailed witchcraft in 1944, certainly cast a spell on people. And it has been announced that there's a street in her hun- hometown of Canada named after her. Her family says Haddish now, as she became known, not rich, was not a witch, was a wonderful medium in her 30s and 40s. Others say she's a fool, so <laughs> made, cash holding sentences that she wasn't very good at. Helen's psychic tendency seemed to be there from childhood. Born in 1997, Victorian Helen McFarlane was said to readily predict doom and devastation. Among the six and married to Henry Duncan, she encouraged by Henry to make money from her clairvoyant abilities. she read tea leaves and make predictions of cash. After moving to Edinburgh and saying become widely known, Helen was making a good living selling as spiritualism. At the show, she wild villains by producing an aphorism from her mouth. She agreed to summon a spirit guide, Peggy, who materialised behind a curtain. In 1928, a photographer used flash photography to recall Duncan in action. This, these revealed Peggy to be a clumsy Debbie wrapped in a sheet. When the London Spiritus Alleged Lights investigated Duncan's claims if any you he regurgitated, made a cheesecloth, paper, red, white, a toilet paper. He later related on his performance by adding rubber gloves and cut off heads from magazine covers, claiming they were spirits. And an Ember Science, one of the status grabbed Peggy, who was then discovered to be made from a child's vest. The former maid and husband both admitted to help her helping her prepare the different tricks and effects she uses in seances. Helen was first investigated in 1941, then during a seance in Plymouth, He claimed the spirit of a sailor told her that the HMS Barham had been sunk, a fake ship which sunk off the coast of the Crete by German s- s- submarine, having kept secret. Only if Hamzit's 862 crewmen killed had been informed, it was not announced publicly to July. At 1942, the Navy then took an interest in the sciences, and were not impressed with what they found. At one of the cities, a white cloth figure behind a curtain claimed to be the lieutenant's dead aunt. He didn't have a dead aunt. Later on, another ghostly figure announced herself as his sister. His sister was very much alive. After the, invest- uh, the lieutenant reported Duncan to the police, they began their own investigation. The white fabric figure turned out to be a medium herself. It emerged that her revelation about HMS Barkham had come from another source. Duncan was initially arrested under the Vagrancy Act and started uh, tried by magistrates. Uh, a case was then upgraded and was eventually charged under uh, the Witchcraft Act of 1835. Uh, the spiritual activity was tried by jury. Helen was convicted in 1944 and was imprisoned in in Holloway. She served six months of her sentence before she being released in 1945. Despite promising and stop conducting séances, she was arrested during another one in 1956. He died later that year. Now, I finally, hope a proposed Duncan Drive is a new state. Perthshire town will help to reclaim her reputation. Her granddaughter, Henry Margaret Hayne, said, "I can't change what happened to my grand or family, but I can continue to work on the legacy as a wonderful medium. I would be honored to have a street named after my grandma. Many individuals visit at Clanlinda every year just because they should wear and and Helen is born. A plan for Helen for Duncan Drive concerns for a proposal for memorial to all Scottish witches and Fife. Prive Council meet, wants to rebuild a bring the rock navigation beacon, which is moved to build a new bridge across the Forth, at a site where Lewis A. Adda- was burned in eighteen 19- in seventeen oh four. Typical writer Sarah Sheldon, my author of Where or Women belong but welcomes the move. To honour Duncan and memory of all the Scots and banded witches, she said, "I think it's great." But nobody, a prominent women's legacy is beginning to be normalised in our own and our own built environment. It's really important that women's achievements are immobilised. and this is done in the same way we um, we memorialise men's lives. Crystal Girl was born on an idea. The best way to bring awareness to plight the poor is through story. Dickens was writing pamphlets and essays, but are not always ways to reach people's hearts. People love stories. A few weeks earlier, his friend Baroness Brannette Coops had considered donating the system of religious-inspired schools called, known as the Ragged Schools. She had asked Dickens if he would visit the school at Statham Hill in London and relay his impressions. Dickens was shocked when he saw, I have seldom seen... In all the strange and dreadful things I've seen in London and elsewhere, else anything so shocking as dire neglect of soul and body exhibited in these children, to these children. Mackenzie Dickens, page 11344 144. Charles Dickens. It was his personal experience that booted Dickens with a sense of duty to help the poor. Doing, Growing up, his London father. Charles and Dickens was a prison in Malaysian debtors' prison, and Charles was forced to leave school and work in a blacking factory. Before the Bank Safety Act of 1869, debtors in London were brutally imprisoned, a hedge of their creditors. Memories of the buried would haunt Dickens for the rest of his life. Though he loved his father, he saw in him a cold-hearted miser, inspiring the drill couch as Ebenezer Scrooge. Cold in him froze, his old features nipped his old pointed nose, with his eyes red, his thin lips blue, and spoke out shrewdly his grating voice, Charles Dickens. Victorian learning experienced an economic boom, but one that left the poor behind. Moving to London in search of opportunities a harsh and daring life the country may become to this point dissoluted disillusioned desolate. The industry revolution brought Huge wealth, a tiny percentage of the population, majority escaping a le- living in damp, noisy factories and cramped, filthy slums. Dickens and the Baroness felt that education was the solution. Lisa gave hope to the poorest of the families, and their children might one day break the mould of poverty and join the raising middle-class, from a Hill ragged school, still playing on his mind. In October 1843, Dickens visited a working man's educational institution, Industrial City Manchester, London, England. It was there where Dickens well, had a regular moment. Instead of writing a journalistic piece of a plate of the poor he'd write a ghost story, A Christmas Carol. Though the story Dickens asked for people to recognize the plight of those, those who were just the industrial revolution, it a place that had driven to poverty, operation of society, a of them humanity. Critical praise poured in, a tale to make the reader laugh and cry, to open his hands and open his heart, to try to even forward and drink, think charitable, a daily men, daily dish to set before King, London literary magazine, afro a national belief. Benefit to every man and woman who reads it. It's a personal kindness, Ma- Michael William Makepeace, Thackeray in Fraser's magazine, brings the old questions of the bygone centuries and mo manor houses in the living rooms of the poor of today, the New York Times. Scottish writer Margaret Affracht described it as a new gospel. The impact was astonishing. In spring of 1894, there was a sudden burst of charitable giving in London. Scottish philosopher and writer Thomas Carlyle stayed two Christmas dinners before reading the book. After attending a reading on Christmas Eve in Boston, Massachusetts, in 1697, 16, 1867, a Mr. Furbanks closed his factory on Christmas Day and sent every employee a turkey. British a- ac- stage actor Sir Squire Bancorf raised 2000 pounds for the poor by reading Christmas Carol out in the public. While well, today's information revolution replacing many likelihoods, a story is reverent, as it was for Charles Dickens. In advocating the human being in focus, Christmas holiday, Charles Dickens influenced many aspects of people we know today. And one of the most influential stories you're ever going to read. And is considered one of the greatest ghost stories of all time. That's why it's been included in this episode of The Ghostman Show. I hope you've enjoyed listening to the show, and I thank you for listening. Thank you. Goodbye, goodbye, goodbye. Thank you. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye-bye.